All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong. I'm the Get Fit Guy, and I've been noticing a migration in my local gym over the past couple of years. Sure, there are still a few folks who come in and head straight over to the treadmill and the elliptical machine or the stationary bike, but lately it's been getting harder and harder to get some quality time on the squat rack, the half rack, the smith machine, the weight benches, and the, even the cable machines. And you know what? I love it. To me, this migration to the weight area of the gym signifies that people are recognizing that getting strong and building some muscle is a valuable use of their time. Arguably a better use of their time than hitting the hamster wheels. And seeing as the amount of cardio that we actually require in our lives can easily be incorporated into the other 23.25 hours in the day that we spend outside of the gym. All you need to do is what I like to refer to as adopt a carless mindset. Now, when you think of weight training, you probably picture some huge bodybuilders with beefy muscles and chiseled chests, but it is so much more, and at the same time, so much less than that. These days, regular-looking folks are hitting the weights, and even scientists are saying that resistance training offers amazing benefits for everyday, regular-sized people hoping for better health. Now, as a coach, I have heard it again and again. I'm too small. I'm too old. I'm too weak to start lifting weights. Now, and other people think that they need to lose a bunch of excess body fat before they hit the weights. My favorite justification of all is that they worry that lifting heavy will make them bulk up. Well, okay, let's knock those excuses and justifications off one by one. To start with, I would put money on the fact that you are currently a lot stronger than you think. Certainly strong enough to get off those machines and pick up some real dumbbells, kettlebells, or plates. Of course, it is essential that you take it slowly and don't rush into it, but once you've got your technique dialed in, I think you'll be surprised and proud of how much weight you can actually lift. Now next, let's dispel that I'll get bulky idea. Now to become jacked and muscle bound, you need to train with some very high volume, with very heavy weights, which, as you will find out later, you don't need to do to get the majority of the benefits of weightlifting. To bulk up, you also need to make nutrition a top priority. And you know what, I hate to say it, but you actually have to purposely overeat the majority of the time. Bodybuilders use the expression, eat like it's your job. So that portion of the bulking equation is totally within your control. Then there's your genetics and, of course, your gender. Yes, most women find it nearly impossible to get bulky from a basic training program, but what they do find is that they lose extra body fat 
and reveal the muscle that's hiding underneath. And finally, everyone from kids to seniors can benefit from engaging in some type of heavy lifting. Of course, kids, older folks, and anyone with conditions like arthritis, osteoporosis, obesity, or cardiovascular disease risk factors will need to follow a specific training program, but the fact is that we are all capable of training with some form of resistance. Okay, with that out of the way, let's look at the benefits of lifting weights and why you should incorporate it into your life. Well, number one is getting that toned look. Getting toned requires two things to happen. You have to lose excess body fat and you have to increase the size of your muscle cells. Toning is actually mostly about revealing lean muscle, which means for most people, the removal of the fat that is covering up that muscle. Then, building and shaping the muscle itself provides the real tone, and which is why simply losing fat doesn't lead to that same look as losing fat and building muscle. Now, if a big portion of being toned is losing body fat, well, shouldn't we do some cardio? <laughs> well, no. The best way, aside from a good diet, to shed unwanted body fat at the same time as increasing lean muscle mass is to prioritize anaerobic exercise with sprints and weights and include one to two heavyweight workouts per week. Now, those workouts can incorporate some classic weight moves like squats and lunges, step-ups, presses, rows, and chin-ups because, well, those exercises use a variety of muscle groups, which is very important. Okay, the next reason is that you burn more body fat. Now, not only does lifting weights elevate your energy expenditure while you're working out, but it elevates your energy expenditure after the workout significantly more than doing regular cardio workouts, and that is due to the metabolic stress that it causes. In a study that compared light with moderate weights on afterburn, the women who did two heavy sets of eight reps at 70% load burned nearly twice the calories for up to an hour after exercise when compared to a group that did two light sets of 15 reps at a 35% load. So, training at higher intensity with heavier weights once or twice a week gives us even more of a boost due to the fact that it trains more motor units in the muscles, both metabolically and neurologically. And this is a magical combination which helps increase coordination and helps you stay lean. Now, the third reason is that it'll make you smarter. Well, perhaps you won't get smarter exactly, but check this out. In a 2015 study which explored the effects of resistance training on brain lesions, the scientists zeroed in on 54 women whose brain scans showed white matter lesions. The scientists first tested the women's gait, speed, and stability, then randomly assigned them to one of three groups one that performed a once-weekly program of light upper and lower body weight training, another group that did the same weight training routine, only they did it twice a week, and one group, which was the control group, that did a twice-weekly regimen of stretching and balancing. All three groups did this for one year. At the end of the year, their brains were scanned again, and their walking ability was reassessed. 
Now, the women in the control group, well, sadly, they showed progression in the number and the size of the lesions in their white matter, and also a slowing in their gait. The same was true for the women who had only trained once per week. But the women who had lifted weights twice per week displayed, and I quote, significantly less shrinkage and tattering of their white matter than all the other women. They also increased their speed and smoothness of walking. Now that's what I call a positive outcome in the brain and the body. And now it's time to talk about testosterone. Studies have shown that if you're going to use weights to boost your testosterone, you definitely need to use heavy ones. No using soup cans instead of dumbbells allowed here. Full body, heavy exercises like squats, deadlifts, bench presses, and Olympic lifts should ideally be done at 85-95% to of your 1 rep max, and 2-3 to full body weight workouts per week is ideal to get a good testosterone boosting result. The key appears to be that when lifting heavy weights, you should also use long rest periods if your goal is to increase testosterone. Scientists have studied the effects of very short rest periods on testosterone and found that the longer rest periods, around 120 seconds, between sets are better for building testosterone. Although you still can build other hormones, such as growth hormone, with shorter rest periods. If your goals are to increase testosterone, I recommend that you maximize your time in the gym by doing alternate activities during those long rest periods, such as stretching or better yet, doing exercises that don't stress those same muscles you just worked in a superset fashion. And supersets are back-to-back -back exercises performed with minimal rest. Now the next reason you should lift weights is because it protects your bones, joints, and tendons. Now, one of the largest benefits that people like endurance athletes get from training with weights is the strengthening of connective tissue. Now, this is important to prevent degeneration from all that repetitive use of doing your job, doing yard work, or when you're training for something like a marathon. When you are loading your body with things like heavy weights, things called bone osteoblasts occur, which go to work strengthening your bones, your tendons, and your ligaments. Now, weight training also allows you to move safely under a load, which is essential for any athlete that's hoping to jump, spin, pivot, or twist with vigor. Since knee, ankle, shoulder, and elbow joints are not naturally equipped to handle such loaded movements at high speeds, it is important to prepare them and bolster their resilience. The best and the likely fastest way to strengthen connective tissue is to do eccentric training, which you may remember from my article that was called How Quickly Can You Expect to See Muscle Gains? But if you don't remember, the eccentric movement is when you lower the weight slowly toward the ground. The key is to give yourself adequate time to recover before doing any of this heavy training again, so the damaged tissue actually has time to rebuild stronger and more protective than it ever was before. And while we're talking about bones, the next reason is that weightlifting builds bone strength. And we've all heard how astronauts lose a surprising amount of bone mass during a long spaceflight. NASA even has a term for it. It's space bones. Astronauts usually experience bone loss in their lower body, the lumbar vertebrae, and their leg bones. Researchers suspect the cause of this is weightlessness. 
Now, weight training is pretty much the opposite of being in space. And if you put your bones under a greater amount of load or pressure than they usually experience in your day-to-day -day life, they will adapt by getting stronger. There was a study on resistance training and women with very low bone density, and they found that weight training was both a safe and effective way to increase bone density, even for postmenopausal women with very low bone mass. They found that it improved bone mineral density and functional ability without any injuries. And our next reason is that weightlifting can lower blood pressure. One way that the body increases blood flow and cardiac output during exercise is by dilating your arteries, which is making them bigger, and actually decreasing the resistance, or the peripheral resistance, that the heart pumps against. As I pointed out in my recent post, Can Exercise Lower Blood Pressure?, Exercise scientists used to believe that cardiac output actually decreased during weight training. This was because they thought a contracting muscle would somehow squeeze your blood vessels and make them shrink, which would, in turn, increase peripheral resistance and dangerously raise blood pressure. Thus, it was assumed, and still is assumed by many exercise professionals and physicians, that weightlifting is not safe for people with heart disease because it puts too much stress on their heart. The interesting thing is that when you lift a heavy weight, you also produce a hormone called adrenaline, and adrenaline causes the arteries in your muscles to dilate, which causes a decrease in peripheral resistance and increase in cardiac output, and no changes at all in blood pressure that are dangerous to the heart. As a matter of fact, the squeezing action of contracting muscles actually milks the blood back into the heart. This means that for people with high blood pressure, lifting weights may actually be less stressful to the heart than aerobic exercise, which certainly doesn't result in that same milking action. Now, the next reason for lifting weights is it, it improves your endurance. Do you avoid the weight room because you focus mainly on hiking, climbing, cycling, swimming, or running? Well, that's not actually a good reason at all to stay out of the weight room. Lifting weights helps athletes in endurance sports as well. For example, there was a review of 26 different studies that looked at the relationship between strength training and endurance sports, and it found that strength training made endurance athletes faster and more efficient. The results showed that strength training improved time trial performance, economy, and maximal aerobic running velocity in competitive endurance athletes. It breaks down like this. Strength is defined as the ability of your musculoskeletal system to generate high amounts of force. Or we can look at it like this. Strength is the ability of the muscles to move stuff. Whether the stuff you're moving is a barbell, a bike, or your own body, it takes a certain amount of muscle to move it well. And our next reason is that weightlifting improves mental health. Now, I'm not going to dive too deeply into this because I've already covered it pretty well in the episodes how exercise can prevent depression and how exercise affects the brain. But basically, exercise affects the brain in many ways. It increases heart rate, which pumps more oxygen to the brain. It aids the release of hormones, which provide an excellent environment for the growth of new brain cells. 
It promotes brain plasticity by stimulating growth of new connections between cells in many important cortical areas of the brain. And researchers from UCLA even demonstrated that exercise increased growth factors in the brain, which makes it easier for the brain to grow new neuronal connections. While other studies suggested that 12% of future cases of depression could have been prevented if the participants had engaged in at least one hour of physical activity each week. And yes, that could have been lifting weights. Now, the next reason is that weightlifting can help manage chronic pain. There's a review of resistance training on patients with fibromyalgia, and it found several studies that linked the benefits of resistance training to lowered chronic pain in people with fibromyalgia. Simply put, the study concluded that being inactive will eventually lead to more pain on exertion, and for many will result in a symptom flare. A Cochrane review of resistance training and chronic pain agreed that resistance exercise could help with chronic pain because exercise helps reduce whole body inflammation in the long run. Interestingly, this study concluded that moderate and moderate to high intensity resistance training improves multidimensional function, pain, tenderness, and muscle strength in women with chronic pain. Which leads to the next reason, it improves liver health. Now, I know not many of us worry about our liver on a daily basis, but fatty liver disease affects between 20 and 30% of Americans. Now, can you guess what helps reduce those dastardly fatty deposits around your liver? You bet. There's an admittedly small study, which only had 19 participants, that tested the effects of resistance training on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and it found that resistance training reduced liver fat, and as a bonus, it also reduced oxidative stress and insulin resistance. Now, sure, this is the first study to demonstrate that resistance training specifically improves non-alcoholic fatty liver disease independent of any change in body weight, but I still think it's worth listing. And the final reason to lift heavy stuff is that it slows the aging process. In the study called Resistance Exercise Reverses Aging in Human Skeletal Muscle, it was shown that six months of progressive resistance training, which is weight training that gets heavier over time, made the gene expression pattern of aging mitochondria become significantly younger. In a process that's known as sarcopenia, muscles become smaller and weaker with age, and evidence suggests that a key part of the decline occurs in the mitochondria, which is a component of the muscle cells that is the ultimate powerhouse. The study, which was done on 70-year-old men, reported that, and I quote, the older individuals were able to improve strength by approximately 50% to levels that were only 38% less than that of younger individuals. Now, this means that seniors who engaged in weight training closed the strength gap between themselves and their counterparts who were nearly 40 years younger from 59% to 38%, which is an improvement of almost 36% in a mere six months of the study. Yeah, you heard that right. When it comes to mitochondria, weight training reversed nearly 40 years of aging. 
Now, muscle biopsies from the study showed a remarkable reversal of the expression profile of 179 genes associated with age and exercise training. Genes that were downregulated with age were correspondingly upregulated with exercise, while genes that were upregulated with age were downregulated with exercise. And studies have also shown that exercise, resistance training in particular, also protects DNA from wear and tear of aging, and that the addition of fast-twitch muscle fibers precipitate fat loss and improve metabolic function by acting on the telomeres, which are the caps on the DNA that protect the chromosomes themselves. As you age, your telomeres progressively wear and shorten from things like repeated cell division or oxidative stress or inflammation and other metabolic processes, which can leave your chromosomes, well, unprotected. When the caps are eroded, the damage begins to dig into your genes, which causes your cells to become damaged and even be discarded as you get older. But the good news is that lifting heavy stuff seems to slow that process down. So, there you have it. Good news all around. And to be honest, I could have gone on a lot longer with all the benefits that lifting heavy stuff bestows on our human meat sacks. But I think you get the idea. You know, many of us know people, or maybe we are those people, who say, I need to get in shape and then immediately head out to the store and buy some running shoes or join their local running group. While that may be fun, and of course it bestows some health benefits of its own, after what you've learned here today, hopefully you agree that we really ought to be purchasing some hand chalk and some heavy dumbbells or maybe a vat of mustache wax and one of those old-timey weightlifting leotards instead. Well, maybe not that last one. For more information on how to start lifting, tips on what exercises are the best, or to join in the bodybuilding conversation, head over to facebook.com slash getfitguy, or twitter.com slash getfitguy, or getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com. Now my name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy, asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit. <laughs>